Welcome back to Season 2 of That's So Second Millennium, the Catholic Science Podcast, where we look forward to the new synthesis in the new millennium between faith, philosophy, and science. Welcome back to That's So Second Millennium. I'm Paul Geesting, your audio engineer for Episode 75. 75, it's a nice number. I've been doing this for a while. I am bringing to you an episode that Bill recorded at Notre Dame with Megan Levis, who was the last of the speakers we hoped to talk to. She was too busy around the time of the conference, but she graciously made time to talk to Bill here in August. And so Megan had a really fascinating talk. You might characterize it as science fiction becoming fact. It was on the topic of brain organoids and the ethics of essentially growing at least the beginnings in some sense, of a human brain in the laboratory and using it for our own purposes, diagnostic, engineering, whatever purposes we might put those to. There are a lot of purposes we could put a synthetic brain to. So in this episode, we lead up to that. Bill talks to Megan about her career as a bioengineering graduate student at Notre Dame. We talk about the engineering and ethical principles of design and biological systems. She talks a little bit about her own background and the importance of having a philosophical basis for her faith as far back as high school, something I can really sympathize with, could have used more of in my own life. And then we uh, get to that topic of brain organoids and how we need good philosophy and the ability to define terms and the ability to work in a very interdisciplinary sense where engineers have to use terms that can translate into the language of philosophers and ethicists in order to get a complete picture of what it is that we're trying to do and what its real implications are. It's a great interview. It's the first of two. We will bring you the second part of this interview next week. So for this week, here are Bill Schmidt and Megan Levis. We are now all set to go. And welcome, <laughs> Megan Levis. Thank you yeah. for having me. Thank you. Yeah, no, we're excited to, to have you on the podcast. We've had terrific uh, guests uh, with the speakers uh, uh, from the Society of Catholic Scientists uh, conference, and you were one of those, and addressing uh, the topic, uh, I guess it was titled, Created in the Image and Likeness of Man, right? Yep. And a very uh, thought-provoking title, especially <laughs> given the title of the overall conference yeah. or the theme, which is, you know, really just the most basic question, what does it mean to be... Yeah, it was a a great question um, and one that I've continued to think about. I actually added um, to the screen on my computer the background right now still has that question from when I was thinking about this talk and thinking about what um, kind of how I, with my background, can respond to this particular question. That's great. Have you always, um, as a graduate, now you're a fifth year uh, graduate student at Notre Dame in biomedical engineering. In bioengineering. Bioengineering. So my undergraduate degree is in biomedical engineering. Ah, okay. Um, and uh, the University of Notre Dame, the way that they have it, it's a bioengineering program. Nice. Okay. Yep. Is, is there uh, some um, interdisciplinary 
collaboration between the science and engineering schools? Uh, or how, do you, um, so uh, bioengineering here is um, mostly in the mechanical engineering department. Ah. Um, I happen to be within the chemical engineering department because that's the home department of my advisor. Ah. But it's a fairly new program at Notre Dame, and I think they're still kind of figuring out where this program um, actually lives. Yeah, I see. So it is new. That's interesting. Relatively new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With with a particular f- emphasis or interest in the ethics of what all this entails, or is is that kind of uh, territory that that you're uh, pioneering or relatively? Oh, our, uh, yeah. So, are you asking if the department to, is? Yeah, I'm wondering into to what okay. degree ethics is built into the whole discipline yeah. there. So that has kind of been my own spin that I've brought um, to the program here at Notre Dame. Um, one of the reasons why I'm here is because I was really interested in these questions relating to both faith um, and science and engineering. Right. Um, and Notre Dame is a great place where yeah. I'm. I have so many resources here in terms of Catholic. So, so that has been something that I have somewhat independently uh, made a point to spend time um, working and thinking about um, integrating faith and science and kind of the ethics side of things. Um, we walked by um, one of the centers a little bit earlier, so right. the Riley Center. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to work with them through a program called Social Responsibilities of Researchers. Um yeah where we spent a lot of time uh, thinking and working on projects relating to the societal applications and implications of our work. Wow. So that's true. It's not just a matter of a particular academic department, but one of the things that Notre Dame brings to the party is all of the institutes and centers that yeah. one can Yeah, I would uh, say like multiple with. communities that you can kind of yeah. partake in um, yeah. and be a part of. So I've had the great opportunity to be a part of a couple of different um a couple of different programs. Also, this past year, I was part of the LASER program, which is a leadership program through the graduate school. Ah. Um, and that came out of an ethical leadership program um, that both the Riley Center and the graduate school had been running for the past couple of years through the NSF. Um, but they uh, sort of took that program and reworked it through the graduate school. Um, so I've so I've had a number of like opportunities to... Um, uh, both learn about leadership and ethics, but also to um, be part of these programs where uh, it wasn't just about talking about it in the classroom, but it was also about um, having different practicums and experiences where we were uh, actually putting our money where our mouth was and um, partaking in different leadership um, opportunities. Very good. Yeah. And the leadership uh, consists of um, uh, just uh, uh, not just the uh, the ethical context, but uh, what 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 uh, what are people looking for in the leadership in, uh, of uh, of these uh, bioengineering fields? Now, uh, obviously, everybody wants to be on the forefront of every bit of knowledge, but sometimes when you're on the forefront, you have a special responsibility to know what you're doing and what the implications are of what you're doing. Right? I guess yeah. that's a leader's job. Yeah. So. Um Something relating to that, um, this past year, I was uh, attended this workshop um, on multicellular living systems uh-huh. um, that was built through an NSF technology center. They were the ones putting this workshop on 
um, where we were raising questions relating to engineering design principles of living systems, but also of ethical principles. Um, so it seems like there is um, a national interest in making sure that um, the technology that's coming out more and more quickly, um, particularly technology relating to um, systems of living things, that we are doing a good job making sure that we're considering um, the ethical ramifications and the societal ramifications of the technology that we're developing. Very interesting. Yeah. And obviously the uh, the folks who attended the Society of Catholic Scientists conference are genuinely interested in those aspects. Uh, and, uh, I guess it's just a, a natural a natural um, a- ancillary of, of their Catholic faith. Is that is, is that something uh, that uh, arose from your own uh, faith and your own faith journey? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that um, I have always found that my faith has been something that has informed my uh, approach to engineering and particularly approach to the human person. Um, uh, I think my faith has definitely informed the way that I see um, people as persons. Um, and I think that that is something that is um, greatly kind of enhances my approach to my research as well. Um, in terms of not just thinking about the body as a series of machines, but also um, kind of like looking deeper at the integration of the parts um, and kind of how that is directed towards a particular thing. Um, yeah, and how that's directed towards God. Very good. And um, is in your own uh, undergraduate and graduate pursuits, have you found that uh, that kind of uh, interest in human dignity and all of the uh, ethical and faith ramifications uh, are uh, you, uh, you, not not too common or or mm. widespread uh, among your uh, uh, classmates and colleagues. And... Yeah, um, I think that's definitely a tricky question. Um, I think it's particularly tricky given that I'm an engineer in an engineering department. Um, engineers were not known for being incredibly social. Um, so something that I've been really enjoying about Notre Dame is that the longer time I spend here, the more I see um, professors at mass um, or I see students kind of partaking in the different um, Catholic groups on campus. So I feel like that's been something that I have um, seen develop in different ways. Um, surprisingly among like the different communities of engineers and scientists here um, mm. and has been such a great gift being at Notre Dame where um, there are multiple Catholic communities um, and getting to see engineering professors um, and other students partaking in those communities has been awesome. That, that's great. Yeah. And so uh, Notre Dame gives ample opportunity for wide ranging uh, discussions and exercises of one's faith. Uh, what's your impression of the overall field, not only at Notre Dame, but in general, of uh, whether the uh, interest in and study of the ethical side and the value side of all that's happening in bioengineering uh, is, is being fully treated and uh, considered? Uh, yeah, so I've definitely seen it growing, and I don't know if I'm just seeing it growing because I'm sort of going deeper and deeper into the scientific community. Um, but I, so this uh, workshop that I mentioned earlier that was run through the NSF, um, I think that's a, a very strong example of how um, the ethical questions are being raised kind of on this uh, national level. Um, 
one of the things that came out of this workshop was actually a paper that I worked on with a number of other different participants, um, which included philosophers, ethicists, uh, scientists, and engineers. So it was a very multidisciplinary group. Um, we recently got this uh, paper that was talking about a community of responsible research. We recently got it published in an engineering journal. So there is definitely that interest there, and I think that it's growing. Um, and it's just been kind of cool to see the different ways in which all of these different fields can interact in, in so many That's different ways. Yes, yeah. It, that would be uh, kind of nice if uh, the, uh, the collaboration was bubbling up from the, from the base largely because of a shared interest in, you know, what's the meaning of what we're doing and uh, let's consider the, the implications and ramifications. Uh, is when, when people are so busy just, you know, doing their graduate studies or then, uh, you know, doing their teaching and, and research, uh, that kind of uh, faithful interest in the, the ethical side can sometimes kind of slip, right? Yeah, you have to make a special effort to yeah. be focused on it. Yeah, um, I think that that is definitely um, a thought process that I've um, seen with a few people. Um, and I think that it's kind of a false dichotomy yeah. there that you have to pit your, um, your ability to do great research with being able to interact with uh, different fields and do that kind of interdisciplinary question. Um, something that I've experienced that's been fantastic is that my advisor has absolutely been supportive of uh, my interest in ethics um, and has given me different opportunities to kind of engage in this interest. Um, and I think that the fact that um, I have been given an opportunity to think about uh, both my research on a small scale and think about the societal implications of it. I think that that has made my research better. Um, and I, I hope and I have a feeling that it will uh, be uh, an opportunity that more and more students will have, especially in the space that I exist in, where um, one of the big things in bioengineering these days is the transfer of technology from the bench top into, um, into hospitals and uh, into the clinic. Um, and so that translation of research, you can't really do that without having um, some type of consideration for how your research fits into society um, kind of in general. So I think that um, maybe part of that is this... Um, understanding and this uh interest in kind of the ethical implications of that as well yeah ah. well i um i i know that one of the things that notre dame uh, is interested in through the mcgrath institute is the uh, uh sealing of that knowledge of the compatibility between science and religion even at the at the high school level and it's 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 good to hear that there's not you're right it's not a, it's not necessarily a, a dichotomy for any particular reason but there seems to be growing concern uh, in Catholic circles and pedagogical circles etc uh, that um, uh, the the cultural emphasis on scientific thinking is uh, tending to draw away a lot of people from faith and from, uh, you know, uh, values-informed thinking, or at least faith-informed thinking. 
did you experience that at that at any point? Uh, you know, pursuing your studies. Um. Yeah, I. I don't think that I have really experienced that, but I think that that comes from the fact that um, I had a particular opportunity in high school to be exposed to philosophy and faith together Ah, ah. um, and to kind of have that uh, deep inquiry for the truth. um, And and that truthful inquiry, um, I was kind of where I started, and then I moved towards engineering just out of an interest in faith and science, or sorry, in science and math. Uh-huh. And so I think kind of starting with that philosophical base and moving towards engineering, um, I can see how those things are like very complementary. Um, and I hope that uh, more people kind of see the way in which they work together really well. I think one of the great things about Notre Dame, particularly for their undergrads, is their um, re- requirements of students taking philosophy and theology classes. Um I think there are a lot of the same questions being raised in both spheres, um, but I agree that there is uh, sometimes this um, sometimes this expectation that there that engineering and and your faith and uh, philosophy kind of exist in two different sort of realms, different parts of the brain. Yeah. Um, but my experience is always that they have been um, they've been. Uh, sort of asking the same questions and that they also um, enhance each other. That's good. Yeah. Now, uh, I don't want to uh, stop uh, um, inquiring about the uh, the conference and about mm-hmm. your talk, because I think that's, yeah. that's very exciting, too. And um, uh, so uh, you kind of gave the conference a glimpse of something that uh, some lay folks might... Uh, uh, think of uh, uh, still from the science fiction realm. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was part of my abstract was saying that these are questions that you would first think come out of science fiction, yeah. but actually are things that are coming down the pipeline in terms of bioengineering research. Yes. And so uh, what, what would you say is the, the, the fundamental uh, question that's being addressed now in ways that uh, those uh, science fiction age uh, <laughs> thinkers might not realize? Is it that, uh, you know, we, we actually are now uh, facing uh, the responsibility of how we treat organisms of, hum- of, a, of, a, of a human characteristic? Is that uh, because that, that is now a reality with these, uh, you, you spoke of organoids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the question that I was raising was, you know, what do we do with these um, systems of cells that are built out of human cells uh, that isn't necessarily an organ, but it's something that begins to look like an organ, having the structural components of the organ. Um, yeah, so that was kind of at the heart of my talk. I um, still don't think that there's an answer to it. I think uh, this is one of those uh, fields where as we kind of conduct the research and as we have more information about how these systems uh, behave, I think that's when we'll be able to better characterize them. Um, So we were talking a little bit earlier about philosophy and science, and I think this is a great integration of the two because um, one of the things that we know from philosophy is defining our terms and being able to um, use language to talk about something and to categorize something. And I think at that point, then you're able to 
um, know how you should um, think about that thing and be able to kind of come to some conclusion of the um, ethical way in which you can treat it. Um, something that I've been thinking about a lot with um, engineering multicellular systems is the fact that we don't necessarily have the language to describe the category of things that we're talking about. Uh. Um, so this word, this phrase, multicellular systems, is kind of a clunky phrase, uh. um, and it describes a number of different um, things, such as biorobots, which are robots um, that act kind of like machines that are built out of living tissue. There are these organoids that are... Um, systems of cells that begin to look like organs. Um, and there are a number of different um, examples for this where uh, because they're such a new technology, I think we maybe don't have the language to describe the category of things. Um, and being able to understand how we should categorize them, I think, will be helpful for being able to consider the ethical uh, implications of doing research um, on these systems. Mm. But that's interesting that it has to uh, steer clear of uh, merely a clunky, jargony language if it's going to draw in a discussion amongst everybody who really needs to be involved in yeah. the discussion. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. And I think part of um, the problem that I see there is that um, when we're using these like highly technical terms, which... Uh, I tried to stay away from in my talk, but when we do that amongst engineers, we know what we're talking about when we're having these conversations um, or writing papers about them. But it's hard to um, maybe include uh, philosophers and ethicists at that point if the language that we're using is kind of too, um, too like too much jargon. Yeah, it's technical uh, language, huh? Uh, very uh, specific to the, the craft of it rather than the implications of it. Yeah, um, and I think uh, part of that and, and another, uh, yeah, part of that and part of that problem might be the, um, when we use those highly technical terms, we're sort of specifying every little thing rather than saying, oh, these types of things are of a similar class or of a similar type. Um, and therefore, we can say that it is, um, you know, falls under these sort of ethical principles or ethical considerations. Right. Yes. And your talk went into uh, a lot of that and used some wonderfully appropriate uh, non-clunky and fundamental terms like personhood and identity and things like that. So yeah. maybe what we'll do is we'll stop uh, with the first part of this uh, uh, taping and uh, return on that topic. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. If you enjoyed this episode or one of our previous episodes, please leave us a review on iTunes. iTunes is the biggest distributor of podcasts, and having reviews there will help us reach a wider audience. We would also love it if you posted your review on other services like Google Play and Stitcher as well.